Um, so here's my son. You guys know Elias. And I like to share some frustration that I've been having with him. So he's about to be 14 months old, and it's actually pretty disappointing uh, when I think about Ozias. He can't run yet. He hasn't beat me in one-on-one basketball. He hasn't written anything or painted anything, and he comes from a family of athletes and artists. So it's like, what are you doing, right? I'm pretty frustrated with him. He's, he's not very fashionable. Like, look at that. He can't even dress himself. So I guess we're not very fashionable, right? He doesn't say thank you. He actually has pretty poor manners. You know, he doesn't ever say thank you or please ever, not once, a single time. Uh, He doesn't have any Bible verses memorized. He's never preached the gospel or preached a sermon to anybody. So understandably, I'm I'm pretty upset with Ozias this morning. No, (laughs) I'm not. (laughs) I'm not, right? Let the record show I'm not actually frustrated or disappointed or upset with my son. I love him dearly. And I'm not those things because I understand, right? I understand that he's in the process of growing and learning and developing into the little dude that he's going to become. He's 14 months old. So for me to be frustrated with those things would be really dumb, right? You're thinking, you're looking at me like, oh gosh, this sermon is off the rails immediately. This is a mess. I'm not frustrated with Ozias. Okay, the, the sermon title this morning, it's on the handouts if you guys have them. They're all over the place, so if you don't grab one near you, grab something to write with. Is growing into who God has called you to be. So, growing into who God has called you to be. Our thesis this morning, our main idea that we're going to look at through God's Word is, while we are immediately made new at salvation, the process of becoming who God calls us to be is learned over time. It must be cultivated. It's got to be like brought out, right? So we're immediately made new at salvation. God does that work. His Spirit comes into us. It's transformative. And we are completely new, but the process of becoming and living out who God calls us to be through his word, that actually has to be learned over time, right? Okay, so just like Ozias is still growing, so are we, right? Dan, Brenda, Brock, Lauren, still feel like you're learning and growing? Yeah. <laughs> Have been for a while, right? Rashawn, still feel like you're growing? Yep. So I don't have zero expectations for Ozias, but I also don't have unreasonably high expectations for Ozias, right? Ozias has learned to do some things. He can sit still while getting his diaper changed. He can wait for meals without throwing fits sometimes, (laughs) most of the times. He's really hungry all the time. It's amazing. If you're like, you want more? He's like, (laughs) he turns into a seal immediately. It's amazing. He can set his, this one's really cool actually, it sounds like a stupid, not big deal at all, but he can take his, his cup, which he has to lean way back to get the milk to come like down to it, but then he can set it in like the little hole that it goes into on his tray, whereas before he was just like, and he would like chuck it across the room, it was really annoying because he got to go get it and he wants more of it, but he's just like involuntarily like, <laughs> but now he's, it was really cute yesterday, he was setting it down, but it would be like on its side in the little circle, and then he'd be like, and you pick it up and sit in there perfectly. So he can sit still, he can wait for meals, he can set his cup down, he can identify certain things, like people. Um, some of you guys, he's like, he does that, he waves at you, he can identify books and toys and things that he should not touch <laughs> because we've told him over and over. But he can't yet tell us what he's feeling. He can't yet stand up without help. He can't do a lot of things that he will one day be able to do, Right? But he is growing. So babies grow, children grow, they face obstacles, and it's through those obstacles, it's through trial and error with those things that they figure things out and they become stronger, they become more skilled, they become more knowledgeable. That's what children do, right? 
Okay, so this morning I'm going to pray, and then we're going to consider three key questions. Okay, you guys with me? You awake? Feeling good? We're going to talk about growth this morning and how we can grow into who God calls us to be. And that's a big deal. So let's pray. Let's trust the Lord for it. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this group. I am um, thankful for them. I'm encouraged to see them. <laughs> you know, like we've, we spent years together in a different class, and they're up here being big and continuing to learn and grow. Um, under Jeff and Kylie and the team here and it's just sweet to be with just them. I know I've seen them and I see them in passing a lot but God, I'm grateful for this time that we have and I, I just want to trust it into your care, into your hands. Um, if, it's, if it's upon me or us to, to learn and figure this out this morning, we're, we're pretty weak and incapable. Um, but if it's your spirit communicating your word, both of which are incredibly powerful, then Lord, we can be changed and we can be um, different walking out of here. So Lord, I pray that that's what would happen, that you'd help us to understand this idea of Christian growth and that we would move forward in ours individually this morning. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so the three key questions that are read on your paper, um, but the, all of them up front. One, are we growing and developing? So you just consider you, like I'm going to say we, because that's what you do, you preach, so it doesn't feel so like piercing and at you, but you guys should think in your head, me or you, right? So are we growing and developing? Are we concerned if we aren't? And how are we intentionally taking steps towards growth? So those are the things we're going to address. The first one, how are we growing or developing? Because it's God's desires that we would be, right? That's a pretty simple concept. It's God's desire that we would be growing and developing. We get saved, but then it doesn't just we don't just stay little babies. Our whole Christian walk, he wants it to be a little different than that. So first Peter two two says there's a time to be a baby. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So if you think about it, it's kind of annoying. Like it, you're, you're kind of waiting whenever you're a parent, and you're like, man, this is going to be really cool when Isaiah's going to eat a chicken nugget. You know, he's going to just gnaw that thing apart. And then it's like, ew, that's really gross whenever he actually gets there. But for a long time, it's actually just milk, 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 right? Milk, formula, whatever your family does. That's all the baby can handle for a long time, but that's exactly what the baby needs, right? He needs milk. So I'm going to give you some little encouragements as we look at these different verses. The encouragement for 1 Peter 2.2 is if you're a baby in Christ, like if you just accepted Christ recently, which I don't know, like I know generally when most of you guys did that, and you can work through how you want to classify yourself, whether you're a babe, a child, or an adult. But if you're a babe in Christ, or if you're ministering to babies in Christ, Man, desire and consume the simple things from the Word of God, right? The, the, the simple, plain, easy-to-digest milk from the Word of God, and God will grow you through that. That's really encouraging, right? We don't have to immediately figure out all these complex, you know, stacked up, got to understand these five things to get this one big idea type of doctrines. That doesn't have to be the case. We can just we can consume the simple things from the Word of God, and as we do that over time, God will grow us. That's really encouraging. We don't have to be masterminds or, you know, like savant students that just like have the special ability to see the deep things of the Word of God. No, we can just rest in the simplicity of God's truths. And you can encourage your friends in that, right? You're, you're, you're reaching out. You're, you're hosting Bible studies. You're ministering to kids on your teams and in your clubs and at your workplaces. Just feed them the simple things and God will grow them. You don't have to put pressure on yourself to be impressive, okay? Ephesians 4, 14 through 15, it says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. 
Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. So this, these two verses, they're talking about how there's this spirit that exists in the world, or there's this agenda, Satan's agenda, um, where he's trying to deceive, and he's using cunning and the sleight of man. He's using these different tools and instruments to get us off track, right? To, to get us off course. And we don't need those things. What we need is truth. We need the truth of God's word. So the encouragement is, if you're a child, or you're a young adult, which many of us in here are, right, in that transitionary phase of I'm grown, but you're really not, and like, you know, actually being a young adult that's making like humongous decisions for their own life, which you're making some of those. If you're a child or a young adult, you will be exposed to more of the world than Osias is, right? You guys see far more, you hear far more than he does. And we need, and you have, the Word of God as an anchor, as a, as a rock which you can stand upon, right? So as those winds, as those ideas, as those concepts are trying to deceive you or lead you astray or get you off course, you know, we have to recognize that and then anchor ourselves down. Make sure that thing is fastened down in the rocks, the bedrock, and stand confidently despite what those winds and waves are trying to get us to do and moving us off course. So my encouragement to you guys this morning is if you're in that stage, man, stand there. Stand there with confidence. Stand there with boldness. Stand there knowing that Christ is your anchor. So we've got babes. We've got children in addressing each. Second Peter 3.18, it says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So in these three verses, you see a clear progression, right? You see babes. You see children, and then you see a, a, a passage that's addressed to adults. And the longer you walk with the Lord, the more you're going to realize that you need to understand who Jesus is, and you need to understand and grab hold of the grace that God's Word and, and God Himself has for us. You know, like I just realized that more and more. Like, man, I'm I'm pretty weak. I'm pretty foolish. I'm pretty easily swayed, even though I know all these things. I, and God's just gracious towards me. You know, he's, he's patient with me. He's loving towards me despite how far I can get moved off of that rock that I say I'm supposed to stand on and I'm preaching about standing on, right? God's so gracious. He's so good to me despite that. So my encouragement is never stop growing in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Never stop laying hold of the grace that God bestows upon you freely. Accept those things. Cling to those things. Okay, question. Non-rhetorical. This is for you. How can we tell when something is growing? How can you tell? What do you guys think? Okay. Think of like a tree, like if it's growing, it's bearing fruit, it's like prospering. Okay, so it's bearing fruit. You can you can see something happen you know, on a tree. Like there's an apple there. <laughs> something's different from three days ago because there wasn't an apple there. So you can visibly see something different. What else we got? How can you tell something is growing? Good answer. Dangerous Gabby. She was like, don't call on me. But wrong timing for the stretch. I'll call on you all day. <laughs> How can you tell if something's growing? Come on. Okay, so something gets bigger. It's not as small as it used to be. So like Ozias is like this little shrimp, you know, like <laughs> like tiny little dude. Now he's like the bulkiest person in here. Body mass is like through the roof. 97th percentile, big boy, right? Okay, so it's, it's larger. 
Say again. A change of heart. A change of heart. Say more about that. Like when we grow, like when we grow, when we start to learn things more, start to learn things more, we begin to know better. We know what to do. And we have either the choice. We have either the choice to make. Yeah, so maybe a different response. Is yes. what you're saying? Like you used to do some, something this way, but now you do it this way. Yes. Nice. Good one. I would just say progress. Progress. From where you were to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not yeah. full maturity, maybe like a plant that sprouted once has now got a couple of leaves on it or mm-hmm. a couple of branches. So another like kind of visible evidence type of thing of the progress on that progression. Just think of yourselves. I, when I remember being like a probably eighth grade through like 10th grade, I just wake up because my bones hurt. I was like, man, my, my legs just hurt. <laughs> this sucks, because I was growing. I was just getting tall, just like that, and I was, it sucked. Tommy, you got one? Uh, Say again. Age? Maybe. You know, like, wh- whenever you think of something that's older, you think of something that probably has grown a lot, but it's not always the case, right? So some things are older, but they're, like, I think of a, like a stereotypical NBA player. And this, may, this might be a little of a generalization, but those guys are still like 14. You know, like I, I don't know how much they, they they got huge. You know, they were they went from being six foot and being able to dunk to six eight and being able to dunk and 280. Like probably not quite that big, but 260. They're big boys, but like mentally they just still act like they're 13. <laughs> a lot of them from afar. I don't know. I don't know any NBA players, so that's definitely a generalization. Sorry, NBA players. Click off. Apologize. Okay, so we can tell when things are growing because um, and maybe the circumstances are right, right? Something's being added that would contribute to growth. So for a plant, there'd be water and nutrients from that food, sunlight. Maybe for a Christian, there'd be truth. There'd be understanding of that truth, application, prayer. So we can, we can see that things are contributing to it, and then we can see that it's not remaining the same. There's some evidence of growth. And like Brock said, that might be really slow, right? It might just be a little leaf. It might, like Kenstock and fruit. And that's what we want to get to, right? That's maturity. That's when a, a tree can produce what it's planted to do. But it might be really slow and really gradual. So I got my mom a, a weeping willow for one of her birthdays when I was probably like your guys' age. I think it's still like really small or dead. I can't even remember. She's got lots of trees. Tragic. Didn't even know. Weeping Willow wept because it died. Bad joke. Bad joke. Dad joke. One and the same. (laughs) But that growth might be really slow, right? It might be a really long timeline for that process to unfold. And it might be even really difficult to see sometimes. And if we're real with ourselves, we can get discouraged, right? We can get discouraged at how long it's, it seems for this process to take, you know, to take place. But I think if you guys look back, if you know Christ, I think as I look around this room particularly, if you look back and you consider um, your walk with Christ, I think most of us could think about some area in which we say, man, I'm not the same in that area of my Christian walk anymore. Because God has been growing you. Because that's what he does, right? Okay, that was your first encouragement. If you consume the short, the small, the simple things, the milk from the word of God, then those things will grow you, right? Can, is anybody with me? Like you've got a thing where you can look back on it and you can see that is different from where I was before. Some nods. You guys are afraid of hand-raising in here. You guys are weird. 
forgot how weird you are. All right, here's key point number one. <laughs> I've been saying it, but here it is concisely. Growth takes time, and that is okay. Growth takes time, and that is okay. So this might be for you, because you're impatient, <laughs> and you're wanting to just like speed speedboat race to Christian maturity and like arrive there right now and you beat yourself up because you fall into sin and you allow that temptation to overtake you over and over and over again that might be you I don't know or it might be for you for your friend right growth takes time and that's okay keep investing so here's a personal example um, and as I share these so this is this is this is how I'll invite you to do it with hand raising because it's really awkward for you and you're uncomfortable apparently. Raise your hand whenever you relate to a statement that I make. Okay? Nailed it. <laughs> okay, so my personal example of growth in my Christian walk is surrounding the gospel. So there was a time where I didn't even know what the gospel meant. So we're just going to see who's with us and you can keep raising them as, as they're true. Okay? So there's a time I didn't even know what the word gospel meant. I think that's everybody, because there was a time where you didn't understand what any, any words meant. But anyway, um, a little later on, there was a time where I, where I knew what the gospel was, but I didn't see my personal need for it. So I didn't understand that the gospel was for me, that I needed a Savior. A little later on, I saw my need for the gospel, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, that he died and he rose again. I saw my need for that because of my sin, but I didn't know it was supposed to go any further has ever made it to that point where you recognize the gospel needs to go farther than just me. Okay, a little bit later on, and this is like years, right, <laughs> in actuality, I understood that I was supposed to share the good news of the gospel with others, but I didn't know how to do that. Like, I, like yeah, the gospel is the good news. Jesus Christ did those things. He's made it so that I can have eternal life. But I don't know how to tell anybody else about that. This preacher guy just keeps telling me I'm supposed to do that, but how do I do that? I don't know. There was a time where I was definitely there. Um, later, I learned the gospel a little bit better, and then I started sharing it. But I was nervous, and I was self-focused, and I wasn't prayerful or trusting the Lord in my delivery of the gospel. It was all about me. Okay? So you guys can relate. Um, this is intentional for you, so you can see that other people experience the exact same stages of growth as you, and you're not alone as this little weirdo that feels uncomfortable sharing the gospel, because we're all there. Okay, so I was nervous, self-focused, not prayerful, not trusting the Lord. But then I really learned it. I really learned the gospel. I really learned the gravity of it. And I started sharing it more regularly, and I intentionally memorized some key verses so that I would be able to do so cleanly and without being, you know, a distraction to the message that God had. You mean there? There's a few of us. Okay, here's one that just happened recently. Um, so I... I've got these verses memorized. We did the Romans challenge. You know, these things are stuck in my head, and I've, I've got them down. I know where I'm supposed to go. But then it's like, oh, this is a French girl, <laughs> right? And she doesn't really understand the Bible in English. So I pulled my phone up so that she could have it in French. And I was like, well, this girl needs to hear the gospel before she goes back to France. And I think she already had, likely. Um, she was staying with the Baileys the last few weeks. She's super sweet. She came to a lot of things. You guys know Canel, right? Um, it was, it was just a, 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 bur a burden or a heaviness that I wanted to make sure that it got clearly communicated. So I, I wanted her to read it in French. So she had my phone with a French Bible open. I was like, all right, let's go to Jean 3.16, right? Not John, because it's Jean. But man, I, I shared the gospel just from 
like not even being able to see it while she's looking at the French words. I'm like, that says this, right? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. She's like, yeah, God loves only son. And she's looking at it in French. So you're like, okay, I've never shared the gospel in, like through translation in French. But man, there might be a time where that happens. And, and God's continuing to grow me in sharing the gospel, right? And he's continuing to, show, to grow you guys in sharing the gospel because you said yes to multiple of those stages, right? So encouragement, you have been growing. So just keep growing, right? I'm, I'm not impressive at all. What I would say through that story is pray for Canel. Because she was soft and she was receptive to God's word and she understood God's love through God's people over the last few weeks. And that was a really beautiful thing. And I'm really thankful the Baileys welcomed her into their home. But man, pray for her that that would be a seed that, you know, like it, it falls into somewhere incredibly soft and it takes root over time and she would believe on Jesus Christ, right? That's, that's what we can take from that little story. I'm not impressive, but God has slowly and surely been growing me in many different areas of my walk, as he is with you. But it's been a long time. <laughs> this is God's desire in all of our lives, right? He's a patient, loving, long-suffering dad to us. And he's like, man, <laughs> you're messing up with that again? I love you. Here's the truth again, lovingly, graciously, mercifully. Let's walk in that. So God desires to do the same thing with us, and he will if we'll allow him to. He desires to grow us. Philippians 1.6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, that's God, will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to keep working in your life. He's going to keep growing you. Don't buck against that. Don't refuse <laughs> those situations. your leaders recognize this, okay? You with me? You still with me? Your leaders recognize that God's still working in your life, and He's growing you, and He wants to use conversations and situations and experiences to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. Your leaders recognize that. So when they're calling you, when we're calling you to what the words of God say, obedience to that, living those things out, it's because we want that for you, Right? And we aren't making excuses for you to push obedience down the road. So I'm talking about how this takes time. In some of our minds, it might be like, well, I'll do that later, right? Because it's going to take all this time. No, don't do that. But don't also, also don't buck against the call to obedience. That's what God's called all of us to. And we want that together because it's much better. So key point number two, when children don't grow or develop, that's when there's concern, right? That's like the scariest thing in the world, <laughs> It's not. It's a little hyperbolic, but I mean, it's really scary when a little baby is not growing how they're supposed to. And I've got, it wasn't severe, but it was enough to be like, dang, this is, this is kind of scary, right? So there's a picture here, I think. This is Ozias at like seven or eight weeks, probably. And I chose seven or eight weeks because like, he looked like a straight up alien <laughs> until like six weeks. He's like all cross-eyed and like really frail looking. That was the scary time. That's the one I probably should have put up there for like a more piercing illustration. But Ozias from like two weeks to six weeks. So, okay, this is how it goes. You have a baby and you're like, oh my gosh, is it alive? That's terrifying. You know, like it pops out and you're like, I was like stunned for a moment. It was like, everybody's like, how was it? What was the first thing you thought? And it was literally like, is my little dude alive? Because it looks like a hot mess, you know, they're covered in all the nastiness, and it's like, he's not crying or anything, he's just like, 
he looks like an alien, for real. But, okay, so they get him all cleaned up, you know, he's, he's good, you're thankful, you're rejoicing, you're dead tired. And then you're like, okay, let's figure this whole thing out. What do we do? So you gotta feed him, right? The baby must be fed. And he starts recognizing that. He's like, I used to have an unlimited supply to the buffet, <laughs> and like, it's gone. What happened? My meal card has been revoked. What's happening here? So he doesn't have that anymore, so he's crying, but he can get more food, right? So while we're in the hospital, they're monitoring everything. They're like, hey, you should feed it this time, and you're charting it on a little paper. You write it down, and you try and figure out how, much, how long he ate, you know, and like <laughs> how long he slept, and when he went to the bathroom. And you put it all on a piece of paper, and they track that to see, is he trending in the right direction? So it's really intensive. Didn't know that was going to happen. I thought they were going to do it all, but it's good for the parents to learn how to do that. Um, so I'd say Ozias from zero, one day old, to like, a week, his trajectory is right where it should have been, right? He's eating, he's doing all the things he's supposed to, it looks good, he's growing. He's putting on weight, even, from birth to leaving the hospital, he put on a little weight. So the doctors are like, cool, get on out of here, go live your life. And you're like, how do I put him in a car seat? This is terrifying. <laughs> but from two weeks, from, like, from being home to about six weeks, when we had our first doctor's appointment, Josiah's didn't grow. Like, he, he was eating a ton. He was eating, <laughs> like, a lot, you know? He was, he was going to the place where food was a lot, right? And he was trying to get nourished. He was trying to grow. He was trying to do everything, and Jerry was too. And we were all in on seeing him grow, but he wasn't growing. Like, he didn't get enough of a supply, right? So he was struggling until about six weeks, and it was scary. So we went back to the doctor, and they're like, oh, he's actually lost weight from when he was born. That's scary, guys, right? Because they're just like seven pounds. <laughs> you can't lose that much weight. He lost like a pound. He lost like, it's like you're losing, you know, like an arm. That's a lot of weight for a little baby to lose. So it's scary, it's concerning. And key question number two is, are we concerned similarly when we aren't growing? Are we concerned, like, if you guys had a little baby, which <laughs> please don't for a little bit, if you guys had a little baby, it would be terrifying if your little baby wasn't growing. Because we should be. Okay, so here's another question. What might be getting in the way of us growing? Uh, number one, it might be an improper or an insufficient diet. So your blank is diet. Hopefully you've been getting all those as we've gone through. An improper or an insufficient diet. First Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto, unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. So Paul's talking to this church. He's saying, I can't speak to you the way that I want to. I've got to speak to you like how you need to hear it, because you're still carnal. You're still fleshly. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for up to this point, hitherto, you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, for ye are, not, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions... Are you not carnal and walk as men? So Paul's making this point. Hey, you should be at this point in your growth based on all of the investment that has been made, but I've got to talk to you like you're here because that's where you are, right? I was feeding you milk. We should be moving on to solids because you start doing that about six months nowadays. You should be able to eat some like little goldfish and some crackers and some puffs and chew on those things, dissolve them in your mouth, make huge messes all over the carpet. You should be able to do that by now. Maybe move into some like real small chicken, right? But you can't do that. i got to just keep giving you milk over and over and over again because you're just returning to all these fleshy things. Hebrews 5.12, it says, For when 
for the time you ought to be teachers, you should have grown to this point, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So carnal, you guys know it, like carne asada, what are you ordering, meaning at Chipotle? A chicken taco. Oh boy, <laughs> I called the wrong guy. <laughs> Carne means meat, and then asada means okay. Uh, wrong group. It's stick. Right there. Carne asada is stick. Right stick. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. I might be wrong. Yeah. I'm pretty sure though. Carnal means fleshly. I know that. Fleshly is not growing, but returning to the same old way of walking. So lots of passages talk about this, how you know you were in darkness and you didn't comprehend and you did whatever your flesh wanted and you had pleasure in those things because it's all that you ever knew. That's how we're wired naturally. And that's what too many Christians do, right? They, they don't develop into consuming, you know, more solidified, structured, enriching even things. They don't develop into that. They just keep drinking milk over and over and over again. They revert back to these simple basic things. And Paul, Paul you know, he condemns that. <laughs> He's saying that's not how it's supposed to be. You ought to be teachers. You ought to have grown. This isn't cool. Okay, so here's a hard statement. Some of you guys have been rejecting milk and it shows. So you guys have been rejecting simple truths or simple, you know, doctrines, ideas from the Word of God. You haven't been accepting, living out, running with those things, and it shows. We do that from time to time, and because of that, we're not strong and we can't handle more, right? So that type of Christianity is like, I go to church, maybe this is the type of mindset, I go to church and it seems like they're talking about the same things over and over again. Well, part of that is because your teachers are recognizing that you need milk still, Right? You need, you need to grasp these things. You need to consume those things. You need to live those things so that you can move on to some meatier things. Right? But if we're continually rejecting the milk, we've got to stay on the milk. You don't, even know, you don't know how to consume the next thing yet. So Isaiah is another good illustration. I'm a proud dad. I'll just use him for every illustration for the rest of my life, apparently. Man, there's times where he's like, he's hungry, but he's like, Bleh. he's like, get that crap out of my face. <laughs> Like he's rejecting the body, he's rejecting the thing that he needs to grow. It doesn't make sense. So as the parent in that situation, you're like, well, I guess I'm going to wait a couple minutes and try this again, you know, because he needs this. He, we can't just move on without him getting the nourishment that he needs. It's a little different with your Christian walk. You know, we can't force feed you milk. You have to accept it. So encouragement here. Again, keep consuming truth. Like whatever level you understand the Word of God, keep consuming it so that that level grows, right? So that you can grow into being a teacher. And some of you guys could raise your hand to that. I've taught people, like my siblings or someone at school, just a simple truth that I have learned. It's because you kept consuming. So I want to encourage you guys in that. One day, your spiritual parents will introduce some more solids. And that happens, right? Like you guys are learning about the Holy Spirit. You're learning about these different teachings and, and doctrines. You're learning about eternal security, maybe, or who you are in Christ, or what God has called you to. Those things are sprinkled in, right? They, you introduce them in small amounts to see if they can be handled, to see what, would, what will be done with them. Is this making any sense? <laughs> You're like, I better nod yes, or he's going to try and explain it more. Babies can't eat severe, heavy, solid stuff until they can, right? 
So keep, keep consuming it. Ozias went from like grapes, cut up really small. He loves grapes and bananas and all fruits, essentially. It's actually really cute. You get a chance to see him eat an apple. He'll take a, Jerry will take like the first four bites to like get it going. This is what parents do. It's like, that's disgusting. But she'll, she'll get it going and then she'll hand it to him and he'll go like, <laughs> and he'll get like this little piece off, but then he'll hand it back to Jerry and it's really cute. Sidebar. It's exciting to move past milk. Perhaps wasn't that exciting to move past your kids can only eat breast milk or formula or whatever you did to like they're trying these new things. I thought it was really cool. Like you introduce these new things like, oh, it's the first time you had a little piece of brownie. Probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Wonder how that's going to impact him. You know, like, oh, he's eating pizza? That's weird. He's like holding a whole piece of pizza by the pool. And you're like, what is my life? This is so strange. It's exciting to move, move past milk. And I'd say you guys should try that. <laughs> Some of you guys have been around a long time and you've gotten lots of milk, you should try and consume. And you do that by either being fed it or, I mean, as you grow up, you learn to feed yourself, right? F feed yourself a chicken nugget. <laughs> that's, your, that's, your walk, that's your takeaway this morning. I always think it's weird whenever people that are preaching say, if you don't hear anything, hear this. Sometimes it works, and it's like, that's the key idea, and I really didn't need that. Sometimes it's like, what was the other stuff you were talking about? If you don't hear anything this morning, hear this. Eat a chicken nugget. Take that, run with it. <laughs> Eat something of some substance. Chicken nugget's a terrible example. Okay, what might be getting in the way of his growing? Number one, that was an improper or an insufficient diet. Maybe you're eating the right things, but you're just not getting enough of it. That's why you get encouraged every stinking week to read your Bible, because that's the right thing, right? Number two, circumstances or environment. So environment is your blank and mark. Um, and Jesus is speaking by parables. He's teaching. Verses 3 through 8, uh, he says, Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. What is he sowing? You guys know it. The Word of God. And it came to pass, as he sowed, he flung those seeds out. Some fell by the wayside. What happens to them? They get devoured. Some fell on stony ground. What happens to them? They're scorched and they're withered away. Some fell among thorns. What happens to them? They get choked out and they yield no fruit. So these are all bad situations, right? That, that fruit, like what Ken's talking about, it's never going to become a tree with fruit because it's never getting to the place where it could, right? But then the last one, verse 8. Some of those seeds fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth more fruit. Because that's what trees, that's what things are supposed to do when they come to maturity is reproduce after their own kind. That's how God designed it. That's how God designed us. That we would, we would grow to a certain point and then we would reproduce. So Mark 4, 15 through 20, the, the, Jesus explains these verses. You've heard about this. Um, the point that I'll make is in verse 16, it says, We want to receive, that's not very good, <laughs> we want to receive the word with gladness. When they heard the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. Down below, it talks about it even more. It says, They hear the word and receive it and bring forth much fruit. So my encouragement for you guys this morning is to place yourself, and you hear this a lot, but man, let's actually do it, right? If you're recognizing that you're in a position, in an environment that is not conducive to your Christian growth, and why stay there? You know, like why prohibit God growing you? It doesn't make a ton of sense. It's only hurting you. You're only suffering. You're only withering away in that place. So my encouragement is to place yourself in places where consistent where truth is consistently. 
allow God to soften you that those, those words might take root. Don't just hear it, which is a really, this is a big struggle, <laughs> right? This, this right here, this is a really big struggle for this church in particular. Don't just hear the word of God being sown at you. But what this passage says, receive it and trust God that it would bring forth fruit in your life. We hear a lot of Bible. There's a lot of truth sown into our lives by our parents, by our pastors. It's, it's all the time. We are guilty of hearing it, but not receiving it, not laying hold on it, not allowing it to bring forth something different in our life. Okay, so it might be improper, insufficient diet. It might be the circumstances or the environment that are prohibiting us from growing. Uh, number three, we're running or turning away from the opportunities that God is placing in our path that he wants to grow us through. Okay, you're like, that was kind of long. <laughs> well, let me explain it. Job 23.10, it says, and this is amazing. I'm realizing I need to like go back and circle back to Job and studying out his life again. Job says in Job 23.10, God knoweth the way that I take, but he knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. So you guys know the general story of Job's life. To say something like that, that's like so baller. That's so cool. God knows the way that I'm taking. He knows the path that I'm walking. He knows the trials that I'm experiencing. And he has confidence that he's going to come forth as gold. Like this is going to be good for me. And he's lost everything, right? He's lost his whole, every possession he has, his whole family has been taken from him. And he's going to come forth as gold. Psalm 66, 10, it talks about the same idea. For thou, O God, has proved me. Thou hast tried us as silver is tried. So gold and silver are purified. How? Is it like through heat? Yeah. So through heat, through fire, through intense fire really strong like if you just like have a little lighter by a rock you're not going to like have the gold flow out at you it's not going to it's not going to be how it works but through intense heat that's how gold can be shaped you know like that's how it can be brought out of the the rock that is combined into a sedimentary rock that's how it comes out is through that heat gold and silver are very precious metals they're super valuable you guys know that i don't have to say that like you spend thousands of dollars so you can get some of those things so you can give it to somebody that you care about a lot. Okay. With that in mind, 1 Peter 1.7 The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So my encouragement this morning is God is not some sicko that turns up the heat in your life and puts you through really difficult, hard situations for no reason at all. He does not do that. That's not who he is. That is a much, like, you've probably seen different dads in your life, whether it's yours or from, like, in the church, from afar, close, whatever it is. And they look like really good dads. God is a much better dad than any dad you've ever seen. And that's weird, because I think I'm a dang good dad. I, I love my son so much. <laughs> it's wild. I don't even understand how much I love him. And you've probably felt that or seen that from other dads too. God is not a sicko who's turning up the situ situations or the heat in your life for no apparent reason. He loves you dearly, and he's using those trials to get the junk out of your life. That's what he desires, to use those hot, heated up, tough moments to do. 
You're like, that's not how I want it to be done. That's how he does it. And it's better for you. Because a lot of times your parents know what's better for you, even when you don't think so. <laughs> right? A lot of times. Not all the time, but almost all the time. <laughs> Proverbs 25.4. This is the heart that we need to have in those moments of, of hot trial. Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. What the heck are you talking about? Okay, dross is like the worthless stuff. Okay, so take away the worthless stuff from the precious thing, the silver or the gold. Take away the junk, and there shall come forth something that's better, a vessel for the finer. It's hard to say. Vessel for the finer. That's, that's what God wants to do. He wants to take the junk, the, the nasty things, the fleshly parts, the carne asada, right out of there, and he wants you to come through like this deliciously pure burrito. No. You're like, that didn't, that didn't work. But he wants to purify you, right? And the trial of your faith is much more precious than gold or silver. He's saying that, that process is really valuable. It's immensely valuable. So my encouragement to you guys is view. This is hard to do because we're complainers. We're whiners. We're, oh, woe is me. Why are you doing this, God? View the trials in your life as constructive. They're building you up. They're growing you. View the trials of life as constructive, not destructive. Because that's what they are. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13, it says, Beloved, think it not strange. Some of us are like, why are these things happening? Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you, but rejoice. Inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, inasmuch as you're going through hard things just like Jesus did, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. You're going to be really glad, this verse is saying, you're going to be really glad if you go through those trials and you allow that dross, that flesh, that, na- that self, natural, to fall off. And you're pure and you're finer for it. God says we're going to rejoice with exceeding joy. <clears throat> so not only should we view these trials as constructive, not destructive, but they should be viewed as normal and profitable to our walk. So I want to encourage you guys. I too, I too, like I have everything figured out. I don't at all. But I'm, I'm prone to the only like, dang, this sucks. That's not, you know, that's not great thankfulness that I'm expressing. That's not joy that I'm expressing. And that's, if we have God's perspective on the trial, we'll have a different response to it, right? I know that God is using this to refine me and to make me more like Jesus, and that is good. Therefore, I will thank Him in it and I will trust Him in it to teach me what it is that I need to learn and see. That's a very different perspective than, bro, God, where are you at? You suck. You abandoned me, Dad. I you're a good dad. <laughs> this sucks. That's how we are sometimes. Maybe not those words or that childish of a voice. but Okay, key point number three. This one's a big one. I need this one. I need this one. So if there's things that could get in the way of us growing, and we looked at those, right? We ought to check our consumption. What's coming in? Are we getting enough of the good things, the right things? Or is it just some nasty... You know, I've been eating ice cream like every night. I saw, I saw a meme last night and it was so fitting. I think Alan Shelby posted it, which I don't understand how he's so good at like posting memes and stuff. He's like the best. It doesn't seem like it would fit him at all, but he's the best. You should follow him if you're not. It's like, oh, it's 8.30. And like 8.30 in the summer. I'm butchering it. You should look it up. 8.30 in the summer, my... I'm an idiot. I'm ruining this. 
8.30 this summer, I need to go eat something sweet. I need to go eat some ice cream every night. It's like an alarm that goes off in your, in your belly. All that to say, check your consumption. Are you just eating things that are really sweet and feel good to your flesh? Are you consuming those things? Or are you consum- consuming the things that will lead to growth over time, which is the Word of God? So check your consumption. Check your environment. Like, am I planted in a good spot? Lauren will share it with the high school war chat right now, probably, because she's looking at it. That's what <laughs> happens in this classes. Check your consumption, check your environment, and then check your responses to the trials that God is allowing to be present in your life, right? If you're, if you're reflecting on those things regularly, then you're going to see, oh, I'm consuming the wrong things, I've been in the wrong places with the wrong people, that's not conducive to my growth, and I've just had a wrong heart towards what God's trying to do in this season. Okay, so if we aren't growing, here's a few more blanks. We're getting towards the end here. If we aren't growing, maybe it's because we're consuming the wrong things. Maybe it's because we're trying to find life in the wrong places. Maybe it's because we're viewing the trials of life wrongly. So whatever the reason is, if we aren't growing, so I want you to hear this part, if you haven't been hearing the rest of the parts. (laughs) If you aren't growing to be more like Jesus, if you're not able to see every once in a while a little new leaf that has popped up, it doesn't have to be rapid or transformative like that. That's not what God's doing. But if we aren't growing, we have to consider dramatic change, right? So like Ozias was struggling from two to six weeks, and we made dramatic change, right? We had to. He wasn't getting enough. He was crying and not sleeping, and his life was pretty rough for a few weeks. So we made dramatic change, and then he was instantaneously way better, <laughs> you know? We made an adjustment, and it made a world of a difference. Okay, so let me say this. <coughs> There's grace. There's lots of it. <laughs> a father's heart for his child is that they would have only the best. Right? Only the best. Dan, you want only the best for good father knows what is best for his kids because he knows his kids better than they know themselves what is best for us as God's children is that we would know him and walk with him and allow him to grow us and strengthen us you might not believe that yet but that's what's best for you that's what's best for me and I don't believe it sometimes I struggle with actually walking like that's true when we're outside of the will that God has for us as rebellious children God's heart is that we would simply come back. So maybe you're recognizing this morning, like, I have not been consuming the right things. I have not been consuming it enough. I've been intentionally placing myself in circumstances and environments that are not conducive or profitable or best for my growth. I've been responding poorly to the trials that God has brought into my life. I'm a piece of junk. God's heart is that you would just come back. Think of the prodigal son. He rejoices. The Father rejoices when that Son comes back. God's heart is that we would simply repent and get right. His love for us is immense. It's, I don't even get it. It's humongous. Okay, so key question number three. Our last key question. <clears throat> How are we intentionally taking steps towards growth? How are we intentionally taking steps so that we can be sure that by, you know, like, I want to be different by mission focus. Well, what intentional steps are we taking in this time frame so that we are different? Well, the path that God lays out throughout His Word is discipleship. That's a really clear path that you can walk to be sure that you grow through it. 
So Jesus, he not only talked the talk, but he walked the walk for three and a half years with his disciples. He invested everything into them. He invested the truth of God's words that he was speaking through his mouth. He invested his life. He invested love and time and energy into these men. And this is discipleship. And this is the heartbeat of student ministry. I don't know if you guys have gathered that or gleaned that yet, but this is what we want to do with you all, despite you being younger. That we'd, we'd see no difference between adult discipleship and student mentorship. We desire them to be one and the same, with the only deviance or difference being the topics we're considering, right? You guys need to understand who you are in Christ and your relationships. If you gather those things in your middle school and high school years, you can be fruitful. And you can continue on into continued discipleship because we never stop discipleship if we're following Christ rightly. It's a, it's a process that is lifelong of following Jesus. So there's a pattern of discipleship in the Bible. You guys know that. It's not only Jesus, but Paul and Moses. Moses had guys like Aaron and Hur and Joshua in really close relationships. They were like right here. So where he went, they went. You can see that pattern all throughout the Bible. Paul had Timothy, Titus, Silas, Philemon. Those guys are right on his hip. So as he's walking through life, as he's following Jesus, they're following him. Okay, who here, just real quick hand, who here has spent any meaningful time, like you got on your own something out of the book of Joshua? Like you read it one time and you're like, that was cool. Okay, so not a ton of us. That's okay. Here's one verse. You don't have to go very far in Joshua. I'd encourage you to read it. There's a ton of pictures. Um, but Joshua 1, 10, and 11, it says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare you victuals, for th- within three days you shall pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess it. You're like, what the heck are you talking about? This statement that Joshua makes here reveals a lot. Um, this is the first time in the book of Joshua that Joshua commands people, that he gives any clear direction, that he casts a vision, that he speaks on behalf of the Lord. Dude, this guy's a baller, right? He, he's, a, he's doing some... What? Joshua 1, 10 and 11. Got that? Anywhere? Josiah? Ding. There it is. Thanks. He, he's doing some pretty impressive things, right? Like that's, that's a guy that has grown to a pretty significant point. Where How did he get to that point? So if you look up, okay, tr- you should try this. You can check me out. If you put in quotation marks, Joshua, quotation marks, in your Bible, and you look at every single time that his name is used up until the point where this is talked about, Joshua, the book, every single time Joshua's name is mentioned in the Bible to this point, Moses' name is either referenced or he's directly in doing something with Joshua in that passage every single time. And it's not like four times, it's like 40 times. Every time Joshua is doing anything prior to growing to this point of like he's a baller, it's because he's following after Moses, who is his mentor, who is his discipler. So Joshua is an awesome picture of Christ. He's faithful. He's desiring a close relationship with the Lord that's evidenced by his obedience. But he's following after his mentor. He's following after his role model. <clears throat> okay, so the question that we're looking at is how are we intentionally taking steps towards growth? Find a dude like Moses. Moses is a mentor. So you could hit that one, Josiah. And these are like, this is the short, short list. Moses is a a bad man. He's really cool. Moses and God were friends. Even so, Moses was meek. He's humble. He's not bragging about it. He's not lording over people like, me and God talk all the time in the mountain. You're not invited. You'd probably die. (laughs) 
<laughs> God was evidently with him, so much so that his face shined. Right? Like you remember these passages? Moses is interceding. He's praying for God's people. Moses is a bad man. Look at those passages. Check them out. That's who Jesus, that's who Jesus Joshua is hanging out with. That guy. So how can you be sure that you're going to be growing in your faith to the point where, man, at the end of some duration of time, you'd be able to say something, and that's not what you're going to be saying because you're not Joshua in that time period, but where you're leading or you're casting a vision or you're you know, charging other people and they're responding with, yes, I want to do that. You should find somebody that's like that, which is hard to find. But when you find them, cling to them. Be on their hip. Go where they go. Walk where they walk. See what they do in certain situations. So Joshua learned with Moses how to battle the enemy, how to grow in his faith, how to identify sin in his life and others, how to receive correction, how to just spend time in the presence of the Lord. He learned all of those things with Moses. So key point number four, last one. Navigate yourself, move yourself into spiritual relationships where you have people who love you and invest in you like a father does their child. So I'm thankful that a lot of you guys have dads that do that. They just they, You've already got that built into your life. That's how it is supposed to be. Let mentors partner with your parents in doing that. Navigate yourself into spiritual relationships where you have people who love you and invest in you like a father does their child, like a nurse does their patient. Then be this person to others because it's not all about us. Josiah, you can hit this again. Hopefully you guys have those blanks. Without Jeff in a certain season of my life, look at that mess, right? Look at the mess that is me and Jeff like 10 years ago. Without Jeff befriending me when he did, I would have very quickly come to different conclusions about what I believed. I would have gone a very different direction, making different choices, prioritizing different things in my life. Like I was a 21, 22-year-old guy that was like, didn't have that much going for me, but like had options of like the direction in which my life would go. And the truth is that God can use different people, and I was seeking truth, but I'm pretty confident that my life would have turned into a pretty big train wreck had not someone come in and been a big brother, a, a father to me when I needed it. Okay, all together, we can be, man, we can get to this place where we're disappointed in ourselves or even others, like the people you're loving on or investing in, ministering to, we can get disappointed in ourselves or others expecting immediate results. Full Christian conformity right now. And you want to push towards that. You want to follow Christ. You want to obey and all the things that you know. I'm not saying that we're making space or provision for the flesh. I'm not saying that. But God is planning to grow you through trying situations and experience. So I want to encourage you guys to be engaged and intentional in your spiritual growth, but also be patient for the Lord to grow you. Because He does that work, right? He's going to teach you. He's going to show you. He's going to, he's going to like bring people into your life and situations that are going to help you to view things differently so that you'll cling to them, you'll hold to them, and they won't just fall away. So give yourself grace like your Father gives you grace whenever you're not perfectly living out everything, right? I, I don't do that nor does any person you know. Like, we struggle. So give yourself grace, but intentionally and with, with all you have, press towards that high calling, towards that mark of living like Christ did.
I'm going to throw these up here. There's some questions. There's some things. We have like 10 minutes. I don't know how you guys typically do this over here anymore, but um, there's always a next step, right? There's always a next step based on what God's Word says to us. And we can take that and we can ignore it or we can grow by considering ourselves in this. So here are all the key questions and all the key points. I just put them up there so you could have them at one time. Let's get into groups and talk for a few minutes about what God is saying to us individually this morning, right? I'm recognizing this. I'm seeing this. He's showing me this. I want to move forward like this. It's, it's simple. It doesn't have to be complex. But be vulnerable. Be real. Don't just use your Christianese and talk with a couple people around you for a few minutes and then we'll head down. Okay? Love you guys. I'm going to pray and then we'll break up. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the simplicity of your word. Um, you know, that, this is good for me. This is what I needed. Um, just that... I can, I can rest in how you're working in my life and this process is a good process despite how I can be frustrated with myself about how I struggle. Um, Lord, help us to give one another and ourselves grace as you grow us. But Lord, help us to press in to how you're working in our lives. Uh, Lord, we love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.